Live from the city that brought you the Enterprise Sailing Ship from the movie Star Trek Generations, it's the Take Him With You podcast, number 114 for April 10th, 2011. You're in the Army now with Spiritual Boot Camp, part four. Well, hello there. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. And you're listening to the Take Him With You podcast. And wow, it's going to be a great podcast today. We're covering a topic that I think a lot of people have questions about. I think a lot of people do. And basically, we're going to ask the question, is God schizophrenic? Mm, Okay. Why is there such a difference between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament? Or, or is, is there? there. <laughs> or is there? So uh, stick around. That's going to be fun. Plus, we're going to talk about uh, <coughs> excuse me, Catherine's visit to her grandparents. I did a, a consulting for a court case. And uh, why is our sleep number bed being goofy? That'll be a good question. So stick around. <laughs> You're in the Army now. So you were asking who does this song? Yeah. I can't remember. It's kind of this was the te- This is the techno version of it, though. Uh, I guess contagious isn't the right word. Catchy? Catchy is probably the right word. Contagious, catchy is the same thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure it is. Songs can be contagious, can't they? Yeah. I mean, there's some songs we wish we'd forget, like Friday, the Friday song. Or when the kids were little, it was the lamb chop sing along. This is the song that never ends, and it goes on and on, my friend. Somebody started singing it, not knowing what it was, and they continued singing it forever, just because it is the song that never ends. Let's just do the whole podcast today. You could, but I think people would never tune uh, in again. the Lamb Chop song. <laughs> Those of you that have children and watched Lamb Chop, understand. Those of you that didn't, yeah. you don't get it. But that's okay. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube. The Lamb Chop sing-along song, or the lamb, the song that never ends, mm-hmm. I think is what it's called. Yeah. And you'll be singing it along with everybody else that it never, go, never goes away, ever. Mm-hmm. Long after the kids are grown up. Yeah. That and... Um, uh, one of the Sesame Street tapes that our kids used to listen to had a bunch of songs that never go away. Like George Washington Bridge, George Washington Washington Bridge. And let me see. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. There is one that had the different sounds that the animals made. Uh, and then it came to the giraffe. And, and then Bert would go. Bert would make noises. No, the giraffe didn't make any like. So, so so Bert didn't do anything. Ernie and Bert. Now, (laughs) that's a great. I think I'm going to ask that on Facebook. Ernie or Bert? Yeah. I think that's a great question. Oh, Catherine's here. Are we ready to do what's going on at the Moyers? Yeah, we are. We are. I I love. I love Sesame Street. I remember. You know, that's my first memory of childhood, besides breaking my brother's Jungle Book record. Uh huh. Um, I remember um, Sesame Street. 
is one of my first. I remember when it debuted. Yeah. And one of the first uh, scenes on in Sesame Street, I was sitting on my babysitter's lap, mm-hmm. watching her big TV, her console TV that her husband had purchased, mm-hmm. and I watched Bob sing with Kermit looking at the stars. Mm-hmm. That was my first memory of TV. Yeah, we didn't have TV much when our kids were little, but we had a VCR and we get... Um, when I was little, I had TV. Yeah, but we had a VCR when our kids were little, so they watched the same Veggie Tales and Lamb Chop and... Mm-hmm. And Mother Goose. Around. Remember Mother Goose? Mm-hmm. I see the moon. The, the moon, moon sees me. me. God, God bless, bless the moon. moon. And, and God bless me. Do you see the moon? I moon sees, sees you. you. God bless the moon. Now and go God and have a chew. You. No, God bless you. Oh, no, that's God. right. You weren't supposed to chew tobacco, were you? No. <laughs> that's not how you remembered it, is it, Catherine? <laughs> so, okay, so we, we've had quite a week um, already, mm-hmm. and that's just how it goes. But uh, we, we were kind of, it was quiet around the house. It was, and there was a big a reason that it was quiet. And what? Reason. that reason, of course, was <laughs> that Catherine went to visit her grandparents for a few days up in uh, Bainbridge Island, the Seattle and Paulsbo area. So, uh, Catherine, tell us a little bit about your adventure with Grammy and Papa. Well, we got to go a lot to lots of shops. So that like was what kind fun. of shops? Oh, clothes shops and and uh, bakeries, bakeries and yeah. a sushi place. Oh, you had sushi for the first time. What'd yeah. you think? It was really good. No raw fish for me though. <laughs> It no was, raw fish? It was kind no. of a high-tech sushi place, Yeah, it was it? really cool. There's, like, this conveyor belt thing where all the table. It came around to all the tables, uh-huh. and you could watch the people making the sushi and the other dishes in the inside, um, in the inside of where the conveyor belt is, like, mm-hmm. the inside. And then we could um, just pick <laughs> off our plate mm-hmm. from what's on the conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because all the plates had a little band around them of colors. And depending on the color, it, it was how, it much, was how it much it cost. Yeah. There's a sign where it said what each color costs. So oh, that's like cool. A blue mm-hmm. band was $2 and a green band was something 3 like or that. something, yeah. like, something that. like that. So, and they're so just little plates. What, so you kind could try. Of sushi mm-hmm. did you, what kind of sushi did you eat? I ate a spiral sushi. Um, okay. It, and there's a couple other kinds too. I can't remember the name. And they had like fish but, eggs, right? Yeah, they all had these little orange fish eggs. These things. orange fish eggs? Yes. And I, I didn't know that at first. I thought you it was thought just like, it was like an orange spice sauce. Or yeah, something? I thought it was just like a sauce or something. Yeah. And I, and I ate it, you know, it was on the sushi because you didn't really notice it because, you know, it was in it. But um, then I asked later on, I was like, what is that stuff? And my aunt, and my aunt went, um, I'll tell you after we're done eating. <laughs> that's never a good sign is it not good but yeah other than that no there's you told me they had some like sesame noodles yeah sesame noodles and yeah so then you went to another place that had a vw volkswagen or a volkswagen van on the outside you could go in and eat at what was this place that was Hilo's Cafe. okay Hilo's Cafe in where and bremerton i think bremerton Mm -hmm. washington and it's a really cool place it's it's very unique. And it, uh, what the would food you was really good too. would you term it eclectic? Yeah, I guess so. Kind of yeah. bohemian chic, kind of. I guess. Isn't yeah. a bohemian chic like, like hippie? Oh, I thought a bohemian it's not, chic it wasn't was a that guy that had oil wells that lived in Bohemia. 
No. I guess not. No, but it Wrong kind it, of was, chic. it was very eclectic, yeah. but but kind of different. Like why would why was it why was it so right? different? Well, it had a bunch of a bunch of different things inside, like on the walls, and they had like what things? How do you explain it? There was like an Elvis uh, collection. Yeah, there's like an Elvis collection, and then there's these. What are those called? The tapes that were weren't tapes. Eight, eight, track eight tracks. Tapes. She, yeah. She, yeah, she didn't know what yeah. those were. No, I didn't. But they had like some of those on the wall, and then they had a bunch of pictures, really like you know, cool, unique pictures. And there's then like there's a, a bunch of different colors. Every wall was a different color. And then... Wasn't there, like, a thermos collection and, like... Yeah. Th- yeah. They called it the unofficial thermos museum. Okay. Because there's so many of them. Like, the kind of thermoses that Dad and I took in our lunch boxes is yeah. cool. Yeah. Those kind of thermoses. Yeah. They are really cool. And then they had, like, a hundred different coffee cups to choose from if you had coffee. And guess where you got your coffee out of? Where? Where'd you get it? Well, they have like this back of a VW bus and the inside of it where it's it's like connected to the wall. It's really mm-hmm. cool. And then you lift up the the glass part to um what is to that get called? your coffee yeah. and creamer. To, yeah, to get the your The hatchback coffee. is what it's called. Okay. But um <laughs> I have no idea. But yeah, it was really cool. It's like the window on the back. So you had a VW good time bus. in other words. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, you did, you also did a, a, something that strikes terror in the hearts of all fathers and uh that is you shopped until you dropped yeah and what did you say about grammy and and aunt christy oh that that they're more of a shoppers than even i am wow they're shoppers wow. they really know how to shop huh which is good because yes. your mom's i was a list the one girl. who had to suggest that we go and try on the jeans <laughs> really yeah because wow. they just keep on shopping and well, shopping, well at least yeah. my grandma yeah she's yeah. she's a shopper you don't like going shopping with me because I usually go with no, the list. No, no, I'm just a couple. You just get a couple of things and you want to go try. And one. you really don't yeah. like going with me because I sit and play with my phone. I don't in the waiting I room do or in the chair by the dressing room. Uh, That's what I do. Yeah. I don't really like shopping, unless it's yeah. an electronic store, or yeah. a record store, or something like that. You got some good deals though. Your grandma yeah. showed you how to get some good deals. You went to Macy's, which I wouldn't think of as being a good deal place. But you got, but you yeah, found we got some two deals. pairs of jeans for a really good deal. So yeah, well, that's cool. So then, oh, there's also a really cool store called called H and M. It's really really fun there too. What does it stand for? I'm not sure. Hungry Martians. Uh-huh. That was in Bellevue. Um. Hippo mudslingers somewhere around there. Yeah, around there. That was also where the sushi place was around there. Um, Hangover morning. No. Well, Bellevue was where the mall was. Okay. I'm not sure where that place was. Hicks and mice. We're just kind of ignoring him. It was by the the college. Okay, so so you had a good time. So that was awesome, and you had an Mm -hmm. excellent time. We went up and. We got to visit with Grammy and Papa when they dropped you off um, in Shelton, Washington, yeah. mm-hmm. and had Subway sandwiches, were, which were really yummy. And, and for people that aren't from Washington State, if you want to find Shelton, it's a little bit west. Don't blink when you of, go through it. Of Olympia. Um, and Olympia is our state capital at the bottom of the sound there. Yeah, like sound. anybody cares where Shelton, Washington is. Well, maybe somebody that, from Shelton town. cares. Yeah, it's a nice little town. Okay, now there's one other cool thing that you have started doing, Catherine, and that is you put some pictures up of the Hilo Cafe at a certain website. What do you have now that uh, is unique for you? 
Um, I have a blog spot. You have account. a blog spot? My mm-hmm. my daughter has a blog? Why not? Okay, I follow you, by the way. Did you know that? Yes. Aren't, are you, aren't you excited about father. that? Stalker father. You know, that, that's a job. No, that's parents. called being a parent. Yeah. Okay, so if people wanted stalkers. to check out your blog, how do they get to it? Um, you go to. What was it? Yeah, it was www.cure. No, 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 you gotta have three W's. Well, www. The um curious curious Catherine M. Dot blogspot. Dot com. Was it like should, a we put a, should we put a link? Jeez. Should we put well, a link? How's anybody going to see it if you don't even know your own address? Should we well, put a Dad. link on our webs- website? Okay, why don't you go get your laptop and find out where it is and come back and tell us? Okay, all right. She's going to go look at the actual. She has. Right? She posts some um, little musings, cat. Yes. Curious cat. And musings. I think that uh, Kenny Mitleader, our good friend from California, helped her find the name for it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. So congrats, Kenny. Thanks for doing that. That was cool for helping out. I thought it should be cats me, uh, uh, meow or I can't remember what I had. All sorts of different things that were funny about cats, but she didn't okay. like them. Curiosity it's... killed the cat. No. no, we don't want that. No. Okay, get yeah. gotta get by the microphone. Yes. It's okay. Curious Catherine. You're not close enough to the microphone. Okay. It's curiouscatherine.blogspot.com. Okay, so people can uh, go check out your blog there, make some comments, or subscribe to it if they want, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, Kat. Thank and, you. your, and your blog is called The Musings of Curious Cat. Correct. And the musing is spelled like a meow. Mew. M-E-W-S-I-N-G. Mm-hmm. That was my contribution. Z-I-N-G. Sorry. Yeah. Musing. <laughs> okay, yes, thanks. See good. ya. All right, bye. Have fun. Bye. She has a very colorful blog. It's worth it just to go and see her. She's wearing her cool um, bottle cap belt. Um, belt right now. I thought it was a beer cap belt, and I was not very happy. <laughs> no, it's, it's cute bottle caps Yeah, with her tie-dyed sweatshirt. This is true. <laughs> so I had a funny, funny experience this week. I got to... Um, <laughs> I got to do a consulting job for a court case. I can't talk about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, somebody called me as a video expert, a media expert. Isn't mm-hmm. that cool? Well, you, you also, you're the owner-operator of Moira Multimedia. That's true. And so, uh, yes. And so they called me to be a, uh, a professional um, uh, opinion. I got paid for my opinion. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I had a couple of hours of uh, consulting work this week that was fun. Mm-hmm. And that's always exciting. And, of course, um, um, one of my other projects that I really had a great time with was for my friend uh, John, who is the Duffster. And he is this really great guy. He listens to our podcast. I've known him from the Trex and Sci-Fi podcast. Mm-hmm. He used to do a show, a podcast called Read More Sci-Fi. He's got a really great voice, and he's really he's he's uh, very witty, and uh, he is an avid reader of science fiction. Is he the one that had every Star Trek um, novel that's ever been out? Is I don't think the... so. Oh. I think that's K Trek. Oh, okay. We also have a friend that I think has about yeah. everyone. <laughs> Kathy, yeah, yeah, I think she does. But anyway, um, I got to do the theme song for his uh, his podcast. And mm-hmm. I thought it would be really fun to play the opener just so everybody could hear it. What do you think? Sure. Let's, 
Let me go to the place where it is. Now, what you're going to hear is the opener to his podcast, and it's all about um, the Hugo Awards, and uh, here we go. Journey with us through the stories of yesteryear as we explore the classic novels that have won the Hugo Awards. Your host is not an astronaut. No, for this we need a Hugo Dot. And we're in luck because Duster is the Hugo Dot. What do you think? I think it was very creative and well done. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to do that. And so I did a bunch of bumpers and stingers for him as well. And so uh, check it out over at, um, I believe it's just the Hugonaut.com is where How you can you find this stuff. Hugonaut? Well, H-U-G-O-N-A-U-T, mm-hmm. like astronaut, but Hugonaut. Okay. So... Anyway, uh, drop him a line if you think that's a cool idea, and uh, he's gonna—he's got an episode of kind of a, a pre-episode out. Well, no, I guess it's a, just the opener telling everybody what it's about. I listened to it already; it was really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's gonna be reviewing a book come up coming up soon, I believe. By the time uh, this podcast comes out, he's probably gonna have a new one ready to go. So go check it out, John. You're an awesome guy. Thanks for listening to our podcast, and I'm just really excited that you're doing this. Because everybody should read more sci-fi. In fact, let's just do this. Ready? This is funny. Ready? This is funny. Read more sci-fi with the Huguenot. There you go. <laughs> Very good. Okay. All right. Let's see. Was there anything? Oh, yeah. There's one other thing that I wanted to talk about um, that's been going on. Um is uh, we've been experiencing this weird thing. We don't know what's going on. Either the cat or the dog, mm-hmm. or one of the cats, or one of the kids has been messing with our sleep number bed. I don't know what happens, but sometimes I'll just wake up with a backache and someone's made the, the um, bed well, harder We kind of have to explain. Softer. Most people, well, maybe you don't know what a sleep number if bed is. If you have a TV, you've seen Lindsay Wagner The Bionic Woman, yeah. About the um, Hi, sleep number. Hi, I'm bed. Lindsay Wagner. And do you know your sleep number? Well, if mine if mine's on forty, I wake up. Okay, well, wait, wait. We have to describe what it is first. Okay. Okay. It is a a mattress mm-hmm. that is that has two bladders in it. A air air bladders. bladders. Air bladders. <laughs> <laughs> well, not real bladders. It's obviously. not like a bionic person. So it's like a... two air mattresses, but they're fancier than an air mattress you'd buy at, at a store. And they they have an electronic device hooked up to them, a tube actually, mm-hmm. and a pump that sits under the bed. Mm-hmm. And there's two of them, so each side can have their own either soft or hard or mattress. Just right <laughs> in between. Yeah, so it's like the three bears. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you, what you do is you have this little remote control, and ours happens to be a wireless one. Mm-hmm. And you just dial your number in. And and then it pumps it up to that particular number. Now my sleep number mm-hmm. is thirty five. 
And mine is 40. Right. But it's, somehow, yeah. the other day I got in there and mine was 10. Yeah, and mine, and, then, was, and then mine was too hard. Mine was like 60. 65 or something. If you go too far, the whole thing blows up. It probably stops. Uh, yeah, it, it probably anyway, has a safety um, thing. But that would be fun to see how far you could push <laughs> no. your push your sleep number bed. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Sorry. So, so anyway, you know when it when it's not just right, then I'll wake up with a backache, and that's not fun. No, so, backaches are no fun. So, so anyway, we don't know what's going on, but they're being messed <laughs> with. Either the maybe the batteries in the remote control are going bad. I never thought about that. I don't know. Or the cats are just enjoying every minute of it, <laughs> going in and going, okay, meow, 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 meow. And if we, and then what they're thinking is, now if we just mess with this, we can get them to get up and feed us earlier. Mm. That's what it is. You think so? It's a cat rebellion. Or it could be Jay jumping on the remote control too. It could be. Yeah. Anyway. We have a zoo here. It's hard when you live in a zoo. Do you have a sleep number bed? If you're listening and you have a sleep number bed, tell us what your number is. <laughs> I don't know why I want to know. It doesn't really matter, but I'm 35, baby. So does that mean that I'm older than you because my sleep number is 40? Well, your back is, I guess. <laughs> my back's older because I need a firmer bed. Uh, no, we've always been like that. I like my bed soft and you like the bed hard. Well, I always. I like it's it. always been that way. You'd sleep on a plank. I'm like, no, oh, this is like, awful. Well, I I need some support, but I like it soft on top, but with support though. Otherwise, yeah. My see, if we go, if we stay overnight in a hotel, I never sleep well and because they're always sleep. too hard. And you sleep, sleep great. Fine, yeah. yeah. I don't. Of get course, it. I grew up with older brothers. I mean, much older brothers, and we they were always like in wrestling or football or different things. So I grew up literally sleeping on benches. I would oh, sleep. yeah, I guess, yeah. My mom would take a blanket with me to football games and wrestling matches, and I would nap on the wooden benches. So. Well, now we know why <laughs> now, you like sleeping on planks. <laughs> now I guess you know why. Jeez. That's it, man. You're, you're a cheap date then. I can just get a piece of plywood, <laughs> throw a blanket over it, and say you're good to go. <laughs> I guess. Don't have to buy these fancy sleep number beds. Well, I, I've gotten a little bit more particular about beds as I've gotten older, but... But yeah, I can yeah. I can sleep yeah, just right. about anywhere. <laughs> I can hardly get out in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't get out when it's ten. I'm sunk inside the bed. <laughs> can't get out. Yeah, we have to get a shovel and dig you out of bed. <laughs> Cause you're a shovel. Cause you're down in why a would hole. You sh- why would you dig me out with a shovel? <laughs> Cause you're down in a hole. Okay. Dig a path to you. I think we're done talking <laughs> okay. about this now. That's just kind of crazy. It's kind of weird, huh? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that's what's been going on at the Moyers' house. We, of course, always have fun things going on, and uh, and we'll let you know about more of them coming up. We have a, quite an adventure ahead of us that mm-hmm. we'll be talking about. Uh, let me see. Uh, we'll be talking about that. Yeah, we'll be talking about that next week. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll be right back with more of Take Him With You. Is God schizophrenic? Find out in a moment. (laughs) Okay. Come close. I've got a quick question for you. Have you ever felt like you're out on the edge? Let's maybe call it the fringe. I happen to know someone who's fluent in gobbledygook. Well, I might be that guy. I'm Wayne Henderson. And I'm Dan, Metal Dan on Twitter. And together, we are the Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan podcast, devoted to the TV show Fringe. Check out Fringe Casting at mediavoiceovers.com slash fringe, also in iTunes, 
the Zoom marketplace, etc., then call us with your fringe thoughts and theories on our listener line at area code 206-984-1446. Thank you for your attention and have a nice day. Eleven teams of two in an exciting race around the world to win one million dollars on the amazing race. I'm Joyce. And I'm Al. On our new show, the Fast Forward Podcast, we'll recap each weekly episode of The Amazing Race, give you a rundown on each team, and tell you our predictions on who we think will cross the mat in first place each week and ultimately win the $1 million prize. We'll also share listener predictions and other interesting information we pick up along the season. So, when Rick and Amy have helped guide you along your spiritual path on their amazing show, Take Him With You, check out the Fast Forward Podcast in iTunes. And we'll see you at the Fast Forward. They have a brand new episode out, or at least this week it came out. And it's like epic two hours long. And you know why? Why? Because they didn't have The Amazing Race this week or this last week. Okay. And so they did a recap show of the six programs that came out already. We've watched it a every few, time. few of them this season, yeah. We've watched every one. Okay. I have. You have. I don't think I have. I have. Anyway. Or, or I've been reading or playing words with friends while you watched it. <laughs> yeah. The podcast is great because not only do they give, do Al and Joyce give a great summary of the amazing race adventure and what goes on and who the teams are and what their mm-hmm. predictions, but they have listener comments and, and they, they really get into it. So they know the show way better. I'm a first time watcher of this. And so uh, it's fun to hear their different perspectives on things. And it actually helps me to get into the show more. There's some people that don't get The Amazing Race and they just listen to Alan Joyce's podcast huh. because it's so complete and such a great, great program that has all the information. So that's kind of cool. So Alan Joyce, keep it up. Really been enjoying getting to know them. In fact, I'm going to be on their show coming up. They have a they have like three podcasts. They have the Fast Forward podcast. They have the um, Help Me Out. Oh, the Tales yeah, from the Mouse House, all about Disneyland, which is excellent. And, there's a new one of those and out. And there's a Just Because one. And there's one called Just Because. Mm-hmm. And then Al actually does one more podcast with our friend Kenny and our friend Meds, MASH 4077, mm-hmm. the podcast, which is really good, too. Yeah, we listened so, to part of that. Or I think you listened to all of it, and I, I was in and out of the room listening to it, too. It was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, they do a great job. Mm-hmm. So anyway, thanks, Al. Uh, you're a great guy, and, and Joyce, of course, you're awesome. But, but Al and I have become good Haytel buddies on our phones, so we chat back and forth yeah. all day. Every morning I'll hear Rick talking um, on his Haytel saying good morning to several people. and yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's a great time. So, yeah. And you know, the other person I've been enjoying getting to know oh. is my a new friend from England named Gareth. Yeah, I play words with friends with Gareth. Yes, you do. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, anyway, Gareth is a lot of fun. You know what I do with Gareth? It's so funny. Um, he'll be doing something. About the time that I'm really cranking up and getting stuff going, he's just about winding down because they're eight hours mm-hmm. ahead of us Yeah. in, in England. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll oftentimes I'll call him when he had on Skype on his iPod. I think you have an iPod Touch, don't you, Gareth? I can't remember what you have. But anyway, he has Skype on some type of mobile device, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have a microphone. So I'll call him and talk and and play music and stuff that I've been working on. And, and so he uh, can hear. So you? he can hear me, but, but he can only type his response. 
And and there are so many times that I wish I could hear him. You know, if he has an iPod Touch, mm-hmm. he you should tell him about those little tiny microphones you can get for just a few dollars. Yeah, they're like five bucks on eBay. And because you've recorded uh, messages when you yeah, but unfortunately, when you pl- you have to get the earphone and microphone combination if you're going to do that because there isn't a hookup for earphones after you plug the mic in. Oh. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Or. You know, Andrew has has a a microphone earphones headset. Yeah, but it has two hookups. Oh, like yours does. The one you have on right now yeah. has two hookups. So anyway, uh, but they they do have a microphone. Anyway, I don't know why we're talking about this, but they do have a microphone <laughs> that that has headphones as well, and you can plug it into your iPod Touch. I hadn't but, thought of that because you don't you've used yours to record. Well, listen to that. Isn't that nice? Is it a, a lawnmower? Or it no, is. it's an air compressor. Oh, there's an air compressor going off next to we us. We have a neighbor that does like, um, like car works on cars mm-hmm. and stuff. So every once in a while, he has his air compressor in in the back of his steam yard or whatever pressure. Cl- but then it's closer to our yard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to our house. So he so. doesn't hear it, but we do. Yeah. But anyway, I was going to say with Gareth, it's so funny. He'll be listening to some stuff, and if if he starts to laugh, he can only respond by keyboard. So I don't hear him laughing. I don't know if he's if he's sitting there going, "Oh man, Rick's nuts," or or <laughs> "Oh man, Rick's nuts." You know, well, I, I know he's saying that, but but the the tone in which he's saying, I don't know. So he'll la- he'll sometimes. I was playing him a song, and he said bops. I think bopping and something else. I was laughing so hard. So anyway, yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of fun. So Gareth, thanks for being my friend on uh, Haytel, and love hearing his accent. It's so cool. He always tells, I always ask him what he's having for dinner. Okay. And I found the difference between ch- fish and chips, and our chips. I already, I think I said this on the podcast that that uh, their chips are, what are we French, call fries, French fries, and our chips they call crisps. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Sounds good right now. <sighs> Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we should get on with our, our subject for the yeah. day. So we get rambling and rambling and rambling. I, mm-hmm. People are tired of our rambling. So oh, anyway, yeah. today we're going to be talking about um, a great question that actually our friend Kenny asked. Um, and I think a lot of other people um, are curious about the answer to this as well. Mm-hmm. From all different walks of life, um, well, I think one of the things in our society is we talk about the Bible, but very few people have actually read it. And when they do read it, or if they hear different passages pulled out of the Bible, there seems to be a big difference between the God God in the Old Testament versus God in the New Testament. Now, the Bible is made up of 66 different books. Mm-hmm. And there's there's part of it is, is um, before Christ, mm-hmm. and the next part is after Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. I mean, because some people pointed out that if you examine the Old Testament, you could find Jesus really all Okay, well, let me, let me say this. From one. the birth of, of Jesus Christ, Christ right. when he came in human Right, form. we're not talking about the spiritual implications, because yeah. you can find Jesus in every book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, but if you hunt from around. from the time Jesus was born of Mary. That's really a nice compressor. Yeah, you could always shut your window. You I could. You might hear it as much. I could. So, but anyway, we're going to be uh, talking about... Why there seems to be such a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, as far as the character or the or the the <coughs> I don't know the um, personality of God. Why it would appear so sometimes, right? Yeah, and you know I've been through the Bible and you have too several times, all the way through, and 
you know, there are still passages to me that that I'll listen to and I'm going, wow, that that just doesn't. Well, okay. Sometimes I get hold seem that like thought. It fits, so hold that know. thought. We'll come back in a moment, and we'll jump right into the discussion. Plus, we have a whole bunch of comments. Yeah, to lots. a question that I asked. Remember what the question was? Yeah, I have it right here in front of me. What um, was the question? It says, what do you see as a difference between God in the Old Testament and God in the New Testament? Or is there any difference at all? Okay, so that's what we'll be talking about. We're, we're taking your comments and everything. And we'll be talking about what we believe the Bible says. And yeah, stick around. <laughs> What do you think being in boot camp for the last four weeks? Are you in shape now? I think I could use a little more getting in shape, but it's good stuff. It's good Spiritual boot camp. Oh, okay. I went out and got some gardening done, though, today because it was the first day in weeks that had the sun in the sky that I could see behind the rain clouds cleared for a little bit. What does that have to do with spiritual boot camp? Well, we're talking about getting in shape, and gardening's good exercise. Okay. Sometimes I just don't know how your mind works. It's like you are definitely spaghetti, spaghetti and I'm a waffle because I have containers that I keep my thoughts in. And mine go all over the place. They make sense to me. It didn't make sense to me at all. Sometimes we'll be driving down the road, and, and this trail of thoughts will go through my head. And, and then she starts talking out of the blue about something that's not even, we weren't even going there. I don't get it. That I'll see something and it'll remind me of something and that'll remind me of something else. And so I'll be like kind of in the 10th different dimension of my thinking and I'll blurt something out. And you didn't follow the 10 steps of thought that took me to that one place. So I'll have to back up and go, well, I saw this and it reminded me of that. And that reminded me of this. And, and so... Okay, all right. So let's go back to the boot camp. Maybe we could do a whole podcast on the difference between men and women. Well, yeah. So how about our podcast? So should I get on our impromptu question? That's where we were. Well, let's introduce the subject. Yeah, so, um, yeah. 
<laughs> so it was it was about <laughs> it was about if people saw any difference between God in the Old Testament and the God in the New Testament and um the question or, is yeah. is God schizophrenic is is, is he one minute a certain way and then changed completely in the New Testament? Or how does that work? Now, again, we talked a little bit before in the podcast about the fact that the Bible is 66 books. It has a, an Old and a New Testament in it. And, of course, if you're Catholic, you have some other books in Apocrypha. there. Apocrypha. The Apocrypha. Um, if you um, put that in there, I don't know how many books... I don't. I haven't really. I've looked at it before, but I've never really yeah, gone into how it. Many. We have good friends that are Catholics. So anyway, it was it was them, written but... by several different people mm-hmm. over hundreds of years, and compiled together. And now today, we have the Bible. Now they didn't have the Bible in the New Testament church. All they had was the the they had uh, Old Testament scrolls or the. Well, they had the Torah. Torah. Yeah, the law. Right. But they did not have what we have today. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting when you do a little study on that to find out that um, we would have not considered that. Well, general mainline Christianity wouldn't consider the folks in the New Testament as really being um, um, doing things right because they didn't really have all the Bible. And, And I think it's really interesting how today... We gauge we gauge the person's spirituality on if they read their Bible all the time, and if they know all these different scriptures and different things. But the folks that uh, were back in the time of Jesus, when mm-hmm. when he died and rose again, and they received them into their heart, received him into their heart, they they only had what they had. They had each other, and they had their faith in Christ and what mm-hmm. He did for them. Now the Jewish believers. They still had what we would consider the Old Testament or yeah, the law. Yeah, and it was good. It was yeah, yeah. And you know they had law and the Psalms and the Proverbs and the the history books and the prophets and you know so they had. So we, okay, so th- th- why don't we define that? I'll let you mm-hmm. talk about that. The Old Testament consisted of what? What was basically in the Old Testament? You had the first five books that called the Pentateuch or the Torah, the the law, the law of Moses. And then after Genesis, that, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. And then um, I better get out. My, I don't want to mess this up here. When I when I was a kid, we had to, and I was in Sunday school. We had to kind of learn um, how how it was broken down. So you had the law, the first five books, and then you had Joshua, Judges, Ruth. First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, and those were basically well, maybe Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job. Those would be the history books, the okay. books that kind of had the history of the Jewish people. And these aren't in chronological order because we've talked about this before. Job probably happened closer to Genesis. <laughs> I mean, the beginning of Genesis, like. It was one of the oldest writings. Okay, so the anyway. Old Testament is put together in different books. And now you, mm-hmm. okay, so you did the, and then and then okay. you had what we call the poetic books, which would be Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. And that's because they were written more in. They were written more poetically, like there was not, lots of poems and psalms and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, it might not be like rhyme poems like we're used to with Mother Goose, but 
they were written very beautifully and a lot of them you know had um, praises to god more a of lot an of artistic these, type mm-hmm, of books and a lot of the psalms were um, literally sung they would have directions to how to <coughs> to musicians on how to um sing them or what kind of right. instruments to play okay what else then, is there in the Old then Testament? then you have the major and the minor prophets and i don't know if you need me to read off all of those but you know, you have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. What is the difference between a major and minor prophet? Okay, from what we've um, learned about this is that the minor prophets, um, their messages were more directed to the single nation or people group that they were assigned to by God. Okay. And then the major prophets, um, they were a little bit more extensive, and we might even... People have people quote today verses um, that might pertain to the end times. They 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 are a larger they, it scope. Was, it of wasn't things. just their nation, but the world. But yeah, they were towards a nation. I mean, now they the world, and and also not just limited. But if to you a lived, little time, if you lived back in those days, they didn't call a minor prophet so and so or major prophet no. so and so, did they? It's just how we kind of can group categorize categorize the different books to kind of understand them. That the minor prophets were considered more localized to their time in their country that they were okay. speaking All right. to. So now, is, and then do we have any more books now? we got the prophets. Now what? Now in the, the New Testament. Okay, so we're done with the Old Testament. We're done with the Old Testament. And the New Testament's kind of categorized as the first four books. How, well, how many years was between the Old Testament and the New Testament? About 400. So there was 400 years from the end of the Old from, Testament. Yeah, Malachi. If you want to go chronologically. Mm-hmm. And then 400 years later, now we have a story about Christ. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's interesting when you study um, the first book of the Bible, there, God told them that he was going to send the Messiah. And then the, How, what, now what? a Messiah is like the oh, person... What first book in what? Of the Old Testament. So in Genesis, he said, I'm going to send a Messiah? Yeah, he said Where's that, that at? Because I don't see that. He said that... That there was a that the seed of the woman was going to to um, bruise Satan's heel. Do you That's remember not that Genesis one? one. The first book. I oh, said. first book. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. All <gasps> okay. Right. Follow my. You thinking. scared me there. I was follow like, my spaghetti. Man, my, my wife's doctor's off. I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> follow my spaghetti, dear. Follow my spaghetti. Okay. So anyway, um. So anyway, all through the Old Testament, though, there's there's prophecies about god sending a savior mm-hmm. or a messiah which the jewish people called the messiah yeah i know that's not a word that we use a lot unless sometimes people say but someone who was going to save save their nation or save the people mm-hmm. a savior mm-hmm. and um and even savior isn't one a word that we use a lot today either probably but no. but you know it mm-hmm. it was throughout the Bible that you know as soon as mankind kind of erred in their ways and which was pretty much at the beginning pretty quickly on, um, that God promised um, a hope in in the you know we found out okay in the Gospels which I'm talking to you about okay, now, now Matthew now explain Mark to me. okay what is does the gospel what does that mean the first four books in the Bible are talking about the good news. And the good news is basically that God sent his son to die for our sins or our mistakes, the things that are separating us from God. Mm-hmm. And hook us back up and again to God. hook us back up to God. 
And um, so the word gospel means, means good news. Good news. So when yeah. somebody hears, um, "Have you heard the gospel of Christ?" or mm-hmm. "We preach the gospel," they're basically they're talking probably, about the good news. Probably the most common use of the word today is in a style of music. <laughs> right. Uh, where they'll say it's gospel music, and so it'd be just good means, news music. Yeah, it means it has usually just means it is kind of like got a spiritual overtone spiritual, to it. Yeah. So, um, but the first four books of the New Testament are uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they're just about the good news of Jesus coming, his life, his death, his resurrection from the dead, and then his commissioning of his disciples to go out and share the good news. Then that's why we have um, Christianity today. Yeah, because they obeyed. If they would have kept all that to themselves... We wouldn't be here today talking no. about what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first four books. four books in the New Testament. Now, what else encompasses the New Testament? Well, then pretty much the rest of it were letters, um, Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, all the way. Acts, now, that, wasn't well, that a Acts, spe- Yeah, Acts is kind of more history of, a history. of the history of the beginnings of the early church and and that's true and And when we say church let let me just throw this out again it's the believers it's not we're not talking about the early days of steeples and crosses and pews and hymnals that's Mm -hmm. not what we're talking about we're talking about the groups of people that believed that jesus died and rose again Mm -hmm. that is called the early church and in acts that's what it talks about the 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 beginnings of of this new faith that came on the earth through Jesus. So there is some history in like Acts and Romans. And it's then, actually a fascinating book. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is pretty much letters from the apostles to, to different people to groups, different people groups that, that believed in Christ, believed in Christ in different areas, like to the church in Ephesus. That's like modern day Turkey today, or the church in Philippi, uh-huh. and the Thessalonica. Church in, yeah, and yeah, and then there's also letters to different believers, like to Timothy, and letters from. So Peter, they were bas- they were basically John. letters to the known world at the time, mm-hmm. um, and it was addressing, and they addressed different things. Yeah, like they, they maybe they had problems going on with their group of people. Maybe there mm-hmm. was oppression coming from the government, and and the believers wanted to know how do we deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just all sorts of different things. Basically, what, how to treat one another. Right, and, and didn't they just distribute the letters among the different believers so mm-hmm. that they all could read it? And wherever they gathered, they'd bring it in and they'd read it. And that's basically what became our scripture, was basically communication between believers back at that time. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah, if you read those today, I was reading today um, as we were preparing for the podcast. And, you know, he said, he was like, to the saints or to the you know people that meet here and 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 so yeah and they often ended them like a letter you know greet so and so and and um tell everyone i miss them kind right. of thing right. you know so i mean yeah they were letters um i think the reason why they're put in the bible is um you know people got together um and prayed about well what are inspired writings from the Holy Spirit? And they right. felt like those letters were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the to, most consistent with what mm-hmm, they believed about to, God. To help Christians know how to live 
a godly life, how to solve their problems, how right. to live a day to day. I do. Th- um, I do find it. Life. I do find it very interesting, though, mm-hmm. that in this day and age, <coughs> we put so much emphasis on the Bible. Now, and I'm not saying the Bible is not a great book, and it's not a wonderful thing, and I don't. I, I believe. I do believe it's inspired, and I do believe that um, that it's truth. But mm-hmm. it is. It is interesting that some people actually worship the Bible more than they do God. Well, I think some people like to debate scripture or look at live by a set of rules or instead of as a weapon or or a guidebook for our own lives, like a weapon. Well, the Bible, it does say that the the word of God is like a two edged sword and it's able to separate from your your like intents of your heart. Okay. And your actions, you know, because so it basically deals with human nature. Yeah, and that basically, if if you're Versus looking into nature. the Bible and you're reading it, it can kind of convict your your heart about maybe you're doing something. It might look like the right thing to do, but maybe you're doing it with the wrong motives. And so, as you're reading the Bible, it can kind correct. Of it can correct yeah. your heart. It can guide you. It can direct you. It can encourage you. It well, can you know, I've always comfort th- you. I didn't. I didn't read the Bible growing up, except mm-hmm. to find UFOs in it because I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't really read it at all. I knew some of the Bible stories because I had gone to a couple of times to Sunday school. And that's it. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll never forget the uh, just the the whole idea of of the Bible being like an onion. Mm-hmm. And I use this terminology all the time because it made sense to me. I could read, you know, when I first accepted Christ into my heart and I started reading the Bible, it came alive to me. And I would read, you know, a passage of scripture or a, like a uh, a book or a, or a, a chapter in one of the books. Mm-hmm. And I'd read it, you know, on that one day. And then six months later, I'd I'd be reading through again looking for something and i'd read that same passage of scripture but this time it had even a deeper meaning to me mm-hmm. this time it spoke to me about whatever situation in life i was going through and it really spoke to my heart and and you if you look at it this is one of the reasons now everybody listening if you didn't understand this before this is why christians will carry their bible around with them or refer to the bible on you know i mean most people if they have a paperback or they have a book, they read it once and put it on the shelf, and then they talk about it. And may, they may get it out if they really like it and reread it a couple of times. But for a Christian or for a believer, the Bible speaks to everyday life. And so so it's not like just a history book, even though it is. Mm-hmm. There are there are passages in the New Testament now that you begin to read in it. And even in Proverbs, it, it has a lot of wisdom. So it actually mm-hmm. helps us day to day. So it's like an onion. You know, once you peel off the outside of the onion, you've got another layer. And then you peel that layer off and there's something underneath that. And the layer, and it just keeps going. And I think all through a believer's life, as they read the Bible, it begins to speak to them where they're at currently in life. That's why I believe that the Bible isn't some ancient book that you blow the dust off of and use as a, a de- decoration in your front room with the family Bible. I think the, that the Bible really is a modern, um, it, it, well, I, I, I'm not going to say it's written in modern or anything like, you know, modern language or anything, but I will say it is definitely current and relevant for today. Well, human nature doesn't change really. I mean, we might have advances in technology or different things, but a person's emotions, a person's motivations, 
Human nature doesn't are, change. Are the same as they were yes. 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago. That we just, different circumstances. Yeah. In fact, that's one of the things that when we talk about the difference between the perception of God being um, mean and judgmental and harsh in the Old Testament versus mm-hmm. kind, loving, and giving in the New Testament, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about because I believe that there are some reasons, I mean, there, actually we live in a completely different society with completely different technology than they did in biblical times. And I believe that's one of the reasons that we have some of the con- conflict in our minds of of maybe God being different in the Old Testament versus the New. That might be. Yeah, so we'll discuss yeah. that in a moment. Okay, so then what else do we have? We have a, we have one last book in the Bible. Um, the book of, it's actually called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. A lot of times people just say The Revelation. Or Revelations. Or Revelations, but it's actually The Revelation. It's The Revelation. The, the Revelation of Jesus Christ. But it's, and what is that book? Because I've heard lots of things about Revelation. It's a bit challenging for people to understand Um you know, it's it's a good read, um, but it it was a letter to different churches again, different groups of believers. Um, and if you read it through that way, um, just literally, this is letter to different churches. You can read it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also lots of um, scriptures about um, Christ's return. There's a lot about. Um, people being faithful to God. That's a major theme. Um, a ma- another th- major theme is, it, it, is um, like the final judgment. So like there's being prophecy accountable. in it. Yeah, there's, there's And prophecy, prophecy simply is the like prediction of the future. Yeah. And it's, you know what I would suggest, like right now I have in front of me an, a, a living Bible that is a life, life application Bible. There's uh-huh. some really good study Bibles that are in contemporary English. So if you're really interested in in Revelation, mm-hmm. it'd be good to get something that explains some of the things that are going on yeah, there. Yeah, that can be really helpful. Well, now, we get flyers in the mail for different uh, groups that say we're having a seminar on Revelation. Or 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 you'll get some people on mm-hmm. the TV that are just, you know, and Obama is the Antichrist. You know, those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. You Don't know, quote us on that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but no, no, I, I'm not saying he is. I'm just yeah. saying you get these people on the TV and mm-hmm. and on the radio in different places that claim they know exactly what Revelation means and it means this, and then they tell you and you know, and we've had whole groups of people. It sells good books. Well, it, sell, it, sells, it sells a lot. Not it makes money. Good books. <laughs> but it also gets people all riled up and freaked out. Mm-hmm. And that we've also had whole groups of people rise up. That think they know something and it really does it doesn't come to pass and so mm-hmm. it's not true. So you have to be really careful when you get into books that have prophecy and stuff like that because uh, you just need to be balanced and use your head and your and and your relationship with God. Not you know sometimes I think when people take things completely literal, they can they miss the spirit behind what was written. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and like, like for instance, like in the New Testament, when uh, Jesus is talking to somebody, um, says if you if you steal something, then or or you look at something you shouldn't look at, then you should gouge your eyeballs out, or you should chop off your hand. It's mm-hmm. better to have those things taken care of than it is, you know, to burn in hell. Basically, is what he said to them, mm-hmm. and uh, but we know for a fact that Jesus didn't advocate. People. Chopping people's arms off or, and and gouging eyeballs out. Yeah. So, but but the intent behind it was, you know, you know, 
if you know remove those things from your life that are causing you to stumble yeah. that was what he meant mm-hmm. and he was just using symbolism so yeah. so you could and you could that, take that literally and, and in that culture they, it's still in the middle east yes. it's it's not uncommon for, for people, people to, to get, get their right. hands chopped off if okay. they are caught and, stealing. and he and of course he knew that because mm-hmm. he was relevant to that time in that culture in that culture mm-hmm. so that's why he said that so nowadays if we were to take that literally We'd have some messed up things going on. <laughs> You'd have a lot of people with, you know, well, eye we, patches or. Arg. <laughs> We'd have pirate Christians. Arg. <laughs> anyway, the my point is, yeah. Sometimes people go so overboard on the literal translation of something that they they miss the intention behind it, yeah. and and unfortunately, that is subjective. Well, and and to that, me, it always is. You know, no matter what you do. You're going to have somebody's opinion that says, no, it's got to be this way or no. Like next week, we're going to talk about baptism. Mm -hmm. And you'll have like a whole group of people will say, well, if you don't get baptized, you won't go to heaven. And then you'll have another group that says, no, 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 no. It doesn't say that. It says faith in Christ is what gets you into heaven, not getting baptized. And so you'll have this big conflict, and mm-hmm. and people will get in this big and thing, and they'll say, "Well, literally, debate. it says this." There's a big debate: should you do it when when they're babies, or should it be a right adults? And so all that stuff happens. Is it sprinkled or is it dunked? <laughs> right, right. But but that's my my whole point is. Yeah. Sometimes we get so stringent on something that we don't realize what was the whole intention behind it. Now we will talk mm-hmm. next week about what baptism means because it doesn't mean what a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. It's not just a it's not just a thing that you do fancy on a Sunday morning in a church. There's a whole lot more meaning behind it. And and it's really actually really cool. Yeah. But we've lost it because it's become a ritual. And mm-hmm. because people haven't really understood what it means. And now most people don't even, they, they don't care if they're baptized or not or whatever. And and there's such a big difference meaning to it mm-hmm. than what is, is well, proposed today. Well, and I think today. there is a cultural thing, too, Um there was a lot of ceremonial washing in well, that culture. So tonight. we'll talk about that. We'll next talk about week. that next week. But but this week, okay. Now I'm going to beg to ask the question. Here we go. Yeah. Here's the question of the hour. Yeah. Why is there such a big difference between God when we see Him in the Old Testament versus the New Testament, or is there any difference? Okay. Well, we have lots of comments. If you want to go to the Facebook comments, I'm not sure if you had Twitters, but I've got lots of. Um, Facebook. Um, Marcy said Old Testament laws at, um, Old Testament, I think she meant equals laws and ritualistic. New Testament equals grace and freedom. Okay, now what she's referring to there is that uh, in the Old Testament, there was basically a set of rules mm-hmm. that were put in place. and And if human beings could accomplish these rules then they were right before their maker and there's a lot of rituals to go and, with and there was sacrifices tons, there was animals being sacrificed on an altar there was wash ceremonial washings like you just talked mm-hmm. about there was particular places in the temple that some people could go and others couldn't mm-hmm. and and then basically it all Different boiled altars. down to once a year mm-hmm. the high priest would get all dressed up in his garb and he would go into the Holy of Holies or the place where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. And you folks that have seen Raiders of the Lost Ark know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it wasn't like exactly like Indiana Jones either. Anyway, he would go in there all by himself mm-hmm. and they tie a rope around his leg. 
And the reason and why. And he had little bell, had little bells <laughs> on his robe. And why the rope on I'll, t- his I'll tell you in a minute. He had little bells and they could hear him in there doing something. And he would take the blood of an animal like... Um, of a bull. Of a bull. And, and he would sprinkle that on the mercy seat. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is um, if he did everything exactly right in there, then that would be the atonement for everybody's sins in the nation. Mm-hmm. And if the bells quit working, if they didn't hear the bells anymore, mm-hmm. they would they would pull him out with the rope. Yeah. Because they themselves could not go in. That he was probably dead. <laughs> now this is a really fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. This was now and this is why it's different in the Old Testament than it is in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. The whole ritual that they were doing there by sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat and going in and atoning for the sins and an animal being sacrificed and all this different stuff and and only the one guy could go into the holy of holies. And it was a really thick veil. Mm-hmm. The whole reason separated. for the whole yeah. reason for that ritual was so that when we now are in the New Testament, we can see exactly what Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating if you read the New Testament in, in the Gospels the first four books, mm-hmm. you'll find this really interesting account of when Jesus was on the cross and um, and he was going to give up his spirit. Yeah. Um, and he says, uh, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing and into your hands I commit my spirit, right? And he said it and is it says, it says he breathed his last breath and then mm-hmm. there was, I'm sure there was thunder and, and it, it an said that... They and said it the, got dark. Yeah, and... the, that the, the sky got dark. But here's the interesting thing. In the temple, mm-hmm. that big curtain... It was like six inches thick. That, really that thick separated curtain, yeah. the Holy of Holies from everybody and the only the priest could go in was broken, was ripped from the top to the bottom and it mm-hmm. split open. And this was a herking size. This isn't a little thing. This curtain. is yeah. I mean, it huge. was huge. It was really tall, really wide. But now really listen thick. to this. This is why. This is why because Jesus became that sacrificial bull mm-hmm. or lamb or whatever yeah. you want to call him. He was the sacrifice. He was the sacrifice. His blood shed for mm-hmm. the remission of everyone's sins that accept him, and yeah. and uh, well, actually for everyone's sins he's, he did it. But unfortunately, uh, we live. Uh, I mean. We, it's good that we have free will, but it's really difficult because some people won't take advantage of what Jesus did yeah. for them. And so basically what we saw in the Old Testament was fulfilled in mm-hmm. the New Testament by Jesus. It and and now example. and so now instead of just the priest being able to go into the Holy of Holies, the one, you know, high priest, basically we now have all been the veil has been ripped and we now all can come into the presence of God. We're hooked back up with him. Mm-hmm. And that is what the whole significance is. So so this is interesting. Um, I think that, that, in my opinion, God hasn't changed from the Old to the New Testament. There's, there are many scriptures that talk about God being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. Now, how we perceive him and why things were going on is a little bit different from one era of of the Old Testament to the uh, to another era of the New Testament mm-hmm. and the big difference was in the Old Testament they didn't have the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross and in the New Testament they do and we do because we live in that era mm-hmm. even though it's been 2000 years ago it still is the era that we the spiritual era 
era. That's a weird era, era. Well, the, the spiritual time yeah. that we live in has has something that's um that is is remarkable because it's basically called grace and grace means unmerited favor. In the Old Testament they had a thing called mm. mercy. And it really depended on how you followed the rules and if you lived a good life and you know a lot of the stuff that we think today, well I'm a good person, I'll go to heaven, you know, all these different things. When in fact you're you're basically um you're you're uh, betting on mercy at that point in your life. Mm-hmm. When you come to Christ, what happens is no matter what sin you've done, no matter how horrible you've been, Jesus forgives you and gives you grace, unmerited favor. You don't deserve it, but he gives it to you anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's different than mercy. Yeah, I think a lot of times that that's hard for people to grasp the difference. But Okay, well, let's go on yeah. and see what else people think um, on that question. Timothy said, um, difference of perception for sure, but I'm going to just say what Marcy said above. <laughs> so he was agreeing with her. Okay, This was interesting. Russ said, God seemed more authoritarian in the Old Testament, but owing to the fact that the Old Testament was written... Um, by prophet scribes under the Mosaic laws in an Asianic culture, I can understand the difference in viewpoint, but God is the same. Now that is a fascinating answer, and I Mm -hmm. really believe that's true. Because if you look at the culture, and and see, this is why so many people take the Bible out of context. This is why Mm -hmm. you get big fights and arguments about what the Bible means and all this stuff. Because people don't take the time to understand the culture in which it was written. Well, like, a lot of times people get in weird discussions or arguments about the verses pertaining to women mm-hmm. in the New Testament, yeah, about we, whether they should cut their hair or have their hair covered. Or can they talk in or church? Or can they talk in church? And you have teach? to realize um, <coughs> Jesus kind of broke some of those molds, and he would talk to women but <coughs> in that culture. That, that, that was unheard of. It was unheard of. I mean, you look at at the eastern cultures today in the middle east and still right there so, is a culture that women right. are to not be seen not to be talked to they should be covered up and so it was a cultural thing and and so when you read the bible <clears throat> what can happen is you you interpret it with the culture that you live in now and mm-hmm. that isn't the way it is and so it it behoove behe- behooves <laughs> It, it's good for it us. It benefits us. It benefits us if we do a little research and we do a little study. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's good to have a study Bible because it yeah. does tell you all these different things. And it goes into great detail. Little historical background. Right. And, and then background. when you read the passage of Scripture, you can get the spiritual implication out of it. Instead of just the word for word of it, you mm-hmm. can actually apply it then and go, oh, now yeah, I understand now why. That makes sense. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, one. I mean that take the the whole thing about women in church. Mm-hmm. There's a whole part in the Bible where women, a lot of you know people today, ladies today, would say, I don't want anything to do with the Bible because it's male chauvinist. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if it says we can't even, you know, if the women should be silent in church and should ask their husbands when they get home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what what people don't realize is that the church was, the temple or the church was, was separated down the middle and the women sat on one side and the men sat on mm-hmm. the other. And the women would be asking questions about the scripture that well, was being read. And even some of them, the Jewish synagogues, the women were behind like a wall. Yeah, and so and they'd have to be shouting, shouting through this and it this caused it, and it caused huge disruptions in the service uh-huh. and and that's why they were talking that way it wasn't mm-hmm. because it wasn't well they were male chauvinists though 
back in the day. <laughs> but but that wasn't the intent of that. That it was it was more of so the communication could flow and things could work right. And but but if you don't know that, mm-hmm. then you're going to interpret it a, a different way. And so what we have is people that jump in and they take a. Uh, there's a thing called context, and we all know what that means because if you've if you've done any reading or anything, you know you can pull different sentences out of a book or out of a you know some literature, and you can put whatever you. you this is why Hitler would use the Bible for different things. Now, obviously, the man was nuts, and he was evil, mm-hmm. but he would use passages of Scripture. Yeah. Well, now, how do you do that? Well, he took it out of context. Yeah. And the same thing happens today all across the world. People will take it out of context because they don't take the time to study it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think that that's another reason that we don't understand, that we may think that God is, is harsh in the Old Testament versus the New, is because we may not understand. For instance... You look at all these different dietary laws mm-hmm. that that the Old Testament has, and there's tons of them. Yeah. I mean, you can't eat shellfish, you can't um, you can't have you can't eat um, Pork. An- animals that have a cloven hoof. Is that how mm-hmm. it works? Um, you can't um, if they don't chew their cud. You can't. Um, they have to be able to chew their cud, or right. they have to have scales if they're fish. Well, I mean, there's tons there's of laws just lots like this. Of them. And you have to wash your hands before you eat, which is, you which know, is okay. <laughs> but but here is the reason, mm-hmm. and we, we'd look back at that and we'd say, well, that is pretty strict. And how can anybody? Well, the point is, nobody can keep all of the law. That was the whole reason Jesus came, is so that that he would take the sins because we couldn't measure up to this law. Um, he came so that that he basically lived mm-hmm. up to it and took our place. But here's the deal. Yeah. The reason God put these things into place and f- pulled them into law was for our benefit, not for being a party pooper. Mm-hmm. They were to keep people healthy. Exactly. Uh, you know, spiritually, physically, um, you know, healthy. They had, had um, laws about how to um, deal with mold in a home. They had laws about... And how did they deal with mold in a home? Do you need me to look that up for no, you? No, you just, you just told well, me I'm just today. Saying they, well, did they burn the house down? They, they said if you clean the house and you couldn't get rid of the mold, they said to wipe the house out. I mean, they might not have had bleach and stuff back then or, or boric acid, but, but, but they see, said they but, had but, laws. And, and, and the, But the reason behind that law was not mold, yeah. to cause misery, but to help people out. Yeah, because mold can make people very ill and, and this, they don't deal with And it. this is why I believe that the technology that we live in today has changed some things as far as, and we do live in a time that's completely different, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the area of grace. And nowadays, there are things that extend our lives I mean, we live a lot longer than they did back then. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also um, different technology that, that has, has allowed us to clean up mold like bleach or penicillin that, that uh, you know, uh, kills, kills, kills off... Uh, harmful bacteria. Right, all harmful. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's, there's an, it's a completely different type of situation. And so mm-hmm. the question comes up from a lot of people a lot of times is, well, how come God could, say, wipe out this complete nation? Go in and kill the the men, the women, the children, the animals. Destroy it completely. How could a loving God ever ask a nation to do that to another set of people? Yeah, you know, I I struggled with that one because I'm just a very mercy motive kind of person. But um, 
as I was teaching my kids ancient history and studying the different cultures and and societies that were prevalent during Bible times, one of the things that just surprised me um, was how some of the cultures at the time were just very yucky. I don't know how else to describe it. Well, they got it. very depraved and um, there wicked. Was and there was um, a lot of temple prostitution where they would take children as prostitutes. They had human sacrifices regularly, mm-hmm. sometimes thousands of yeah. babies and children and, mm-hmm. and virgins and stuff would be sacrificed. Um, and they were just, I don't know how else to say it, but they had pretty evil... Um, roots to them yeah very evil cultures as i i don't think anyone would disagree with me when i'm talking about human sacrifice and And killing child prostitution and and then you you but you flip around and you say well what's the difference then if god says to wipe them all out isn't that evil and and yet i think it's really interesting to note and we need to we need to remember this Mm -hmm. first of all we're not god yeah and we don't view death the same as god views death now, let me explain that because I think it's really important to this whole idea and concept mm-hmm. of God being so harsh. Yeah. Um, now, here it is. God doesn't see death as the end. We do. Mm-hmm. Especially if we're not a believer. We, you know, some of us that are listening today believe that when it's over, it's over. It's done. You don't mm-hmm. exist anymore. Your soul doesn't go on. Your spirit doesn't live. You know, you, you just, it's over. And you, they bury you in the dirt. Or they burn mm-hmm. you up in the incinerator. Become worm food. But we believe, as believers, obviously, we believe that life is eternal. And although the body may die, the spirit does live on. Now, where it lives is really up to the to the believer or the person of where they're going to spend eternity. But mm-hmm. this is a really interesting concept. God doesn't see death the same way as we do. So, But he does see the bigger picture. And he knew that if this certain race of people continued on the path that they were going, mm-hmm. not only would they implode, mm-hmm. but they would also extend out and ruin everything else that was going on. And we wouldn't even get to the point where we are. Well, and, and there was such a major reboot for all of you that grew up in church or read the Bible yourselves when they... When the, uh, I mean, most of the cultures throughout the world have a, a flood account of, of a, a flood. great flood. Right. And we call it Noah and the Ark when you're going right. to Sunday school, but... But there was such depravity, so many murders and rapes and all kinds of violent behavior that happened in the time of Noah that God looked down and he said, man, I'm I'm sorry I made man because mankind because it's gotten so perverted and so bad, so, so um, evil and hateful and and um wicked they were just hurting people and stealing from people and raping people and and um you know kind of vikings on steroids or something and um vikings on steroids <laughs> so anyway they got really bad and <laughs> they and, got really bad and, i got better she turned me into and a god looked down and said you know there's this one man that has a relationship with me and his name's noah and he is righteous I mean, he's he's a cool guy. He he's loves right me. He's he's living good. So I'll save and him. So and a few I'll save of him and his family. But I'm going to have to reboot and just start all over with his with Noah and his family because right. things right. have gotten so far out of hand. And um, 
to us so, for going like, wow, so how horrible, could you do you know? that? That's you know, awful. and yet I think God saw the end from the beginning and he was seeing he needed a line of people that could produce a savior. Mm-hmm. And he, he worked hard. That's why most of th- this Bible we look at, um, the first three quarters of it, if not more, was written to the Jewish people right? Um, whom God chose to have the line of Christ through. But it's not just to be the Savior of the Jewish people, but to be the Savior of the world. Right. But, so let me ask you this then, Amy. Mm-hmm. I already kind of know the answer, but I'm asking you anyway. <laughs> okay. What happened... If God does not view death the same as we do, yeah. then what about all the hundreds of thousands of people that died in these massacres and and in these in the flood and all these different things? Is there any hope for them? Because they didn't live in this new era that we live in through what Jesus did. What happened to them? Yeah. Did they all are they all just gonna burn in hell and it's gonna be this awful eternity for them? Or what what happens to them? I think possibly you looked up this scripture, but there's a scripture that says that Christ descended after he died, before Mm -hmm. he rose again. Right. It says that he descended and preached and led captivity captive. Can you remember the exact? Do you have the exact? I don't have the exact verse, but I do know that that is a scripture in the Bible. And so, what do you believe that means? It's in the Apostles' Creed. If people are. or, you anyway, know, come from a mainline but, church but what do you too, but what do you think that means? It it means that that from my interpretation of the Bible, it means that when he died, he went and told the people that had gone on had, before had died before. He told them about about him dying for their sins. And that he sacrificed. We don't know exactly himself. what he said, but we do know that they were presented. That he told them the good news. Right. Okay. And so that people who chose to believe him. So where were they when he was preaching to them? Well, it talks. Where'd they go to? It talks in the died. in the Old Testament about three different names for something here. There's, okay. There's the bosom of Abraham. There's okay. Sheol, and there's paradise. Okay. And to me, it sounds kind of like. A holding tank or a holding holding thing. And now don't don't get all like theologically weird with me. These are just words that the Bible calls it. And um I'm not you know, I'm not gonna call something purgatory, purgatory purgatory. That's true because like the Catholics believe and that like there's a, a, like a purgatory, uh-huh. but now I don't believe that. I believe what the Bible says, and well, and and the Bible says, says now in the in New their, Testament. Yeah, it says purgatory. I think in their apocrypha, but right? The mm-hmm. Protestant Bible doesn't have that, right? But but when you start but talking about this type of thing, get it from that. Yeah, but in the New Testament now, mm-hmm. in the era that we live in now, yeah, in what when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he actually took that situation, and now. To be absent from our bodies, to die, is to be mm-hmm. present with the Lord. That's what the yeah. Bible says. That's what the New Testament says. Yeah. So now instead of going into this holding pattern, mm-hmm. we have to remember that when death happens, we instantly are in eternity. And eternity has no beginning and has no end. Mm-hmm. And so we don't understand how it all works. But quite honestly, when somebody passes away, this is such a cool thing. 
Mm-hmm. They are. They already have everything's been wrapped up. They already know what's going on. They, it, they have. They become present with God, and God does not live within the bounds and the boundaries of time. Yeah. And so, therefore, if we look back at the Old Testament, we can see that one of the reasons that He had these, and it, and it wasn't all through the Old Testament. It wasn't that God was trying to hack all these people up. He mm-hmm. understood that down the road this would be a, a bad a bad situation. And you know what? Most of the time people didn't obey him when he said that anyway. Yeah. And so and so it did come back to get them. Mm-hmm. But but the point is God had a plan to make sure those people were covered if they would if they would, you know, if they would understand the grace and the and the mercy and the love of Christ. And they were offered that. We don't know how many accepted it. It doesn't say uh, but all we know is that he preached and led the mm-hmm. captives free. Yeah. Okay, so how that all works, I don't know. And, you know, maybe somebody would think we're theologically weird or out of there. But that helps me when it comes to why God was so harsh in the Old Testament versus the New. And and the, and the reason for it was he understood the big picture. Mm-hmm. And Jesus hadn't come yet. And so there was all these extremes that took place. So God didn't change. What changed was... The whole idea and the whole um, sacrifice of Christ, that changed everything. And now mm-hmm. instead of getting hit by a bolt of lightning when we when we mess up, we don't there, have that situation now. Like because, a... well, there's something holding back. Yeah. Because just as much as God is loving and amazing and huge, he's also very, very powerful. And he also there's there's justice. And there's there's righteousness and there's and there's judgment that God does have, and yeah. and we without the sacrifice of Christ in our lives, we all would be just burn marks on the carpet, <laughs> yeah. because that's that's really true. Yeah. Because that is that is it's it's like the grace that G- that Jesus gives us is holding back the wrath and the and the other side that mm-hmm. that um that we know that God has. And it's not that God isn't loving. It's not that, but there is, there's a sin is sin and, and it can't, it can't stand before, before a righteous and a holy God. And unfortunately that means that there's punishment and there's all these other things that happen. But if someone believes in Christ, that changes everything. And it really did change everything from that point on when Jesus died on that cross, from that point on, and then rose again, from that point on, everything is different when it comes to how we can relate with God. Mm-hmm. It's completely different, and it's changed. Yeah. Um, we have a lot more, more. And we're almost quotes. out of time. So Okay, well, I'll go through a few more quickly. Okay. Because we have some really good comments. Um, Marty says, more grace, exclamation point. And Mike says, I don't see a difference in God. The difference as I see it, was Christ. So it just reinforced what you said here. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg says, quick note, um, you cannot turn a cheek if you do not um, have. Turning the other cheek is not um, setting, s- settling scores. You are capable of settling. I believe that God used his early relationship with humanity to show us that he was very capable of forcing the issue. So when Jesus both showed and taught us about turning the other cheek and forgiving those who let us down or offend us. He was, as the same um, God, demonstrating grace that would only be meaningful if we understood what justice without grace looked like and felt like. 
Um, both justice and grace are essential concepts here. So he was saying we wouldn't appreciate the grace if we hadn't before seen the justice of well, God. And let me say this. There is, there's another passage in Scripture which totally makes sense. And it says the things that happened to the folks in the Old Testament happened as an example to us in the New Testament, in this new era. Mm-hmm. And and it was to show us what is right and what is wrong and what a people can do, how they can stray, and and the the all the different things. And it, if they did right, yeah. here's what would happen, and so I've on and so forth. I've heard it described too as a measuring stick. I think the New Testament even describes the law as a measuring stick that we're supposed to like see how we measure up to this is the right way to live, and we all fall short. So because we all measure up or don't measure up. And we were found lacking. Then it it makes us aware that we need help. We need a savior. If we didn't right. have anything to measure ourselves to, we'd say, "Oh, I'm doing okay." Then why would we? Then even, why would we need a savior? We wouldn't. So it and just some people shows would say, "Well, we Jesus need. is a crutch," and I would say, "Well, when you're crippled, you need a crutch." Yeah, and we're all crippled in we some are. way or another. We are. There's a couple other really good ones. Okay. Um, Adam says the Old Testament is like an exit sign that points to the door of the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God is primarily concerned with creating natural examples of spiritual things. In the New Testament, he is inviting us into a spiritual reality of what he pointed to in the Old Testament. Um, It's not that he didn't want relationship, but it was um, the people's idea to keep him at a distance. And he um, cites Exodus 20, 19 and 1 Samuel 19, 10. And I remember the part in Exodus when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. and he says, Hey, God wants to hang out with you. He wants to he wants to be with you. He wants to be your leader and your mm-hmm. guide and your you know and the people were like, Um, we're kind of freaked out about that. Can you just meet God for us? <laughs> and they they rejected what God wanted. He God wanted a wanted personal relationship. A personal with relationship with them. And he was like and they were like, uh, God's kind of powerful. And, and you know I'm what? I'm kind of scared about and that. And you know what? People do that today too. They'll yeah. put a pastor or a priest mm-hmm. up in that place and think, well, they're the intermediary. How do you say that? Intermediary? Yeah. Intermediary. Between me and God. Yeah. When in fact, listen to me now, this is really important. God desires a relationship, a personal relationship mm-hmm. with each one of us with each one of you that's listening he he does want a personal relationship you don't have to go through all you don't have to go through all these rituals you don't have to jump through the hoops it's all been offered to you you can actually mm-hmm. be close to him the creator of the universe right now yeah which is amazing it's really cool one last one and i'd encourage people to go to your facebook page um and look up that question because there's a lot more good ones yeah um Lyndon said, no difference. The Old Testament law gives us impossible standard to live by. The New Testament points back to the Old Testament. I can't say. Old Testament. And says, um, you really need to think that, do you really think that you're good enough? That's what I was saying about the whole standard. Mm-hmm. In the New Testament, why am I studying? I don't know. New Testament. We are given just as unreasonable set of standards to live by. We have a tendency to look down at the Old Testament law, but it was perfect. It um, perfectly condemned all, especially those who tried to keep 
it um, to earn their salvation. I wonder how many laws we have to set up in our churches instead of grace. And that's it. I I stumbled through that a bunch, but I think that's one interesting thing to to comment about is that some people refer to the Old Testament laws and how Pharisees um, in Jesus' time um, took like a law about not not cooking a a baby goat in its mother's milk. Uh-huh. That God said that in the Bible, right. and, and that just seems kind of cruel to you know cook a baby in its mother's milk. A baby goat. But anyway, and they took it to the extreme so that now you can't have dairy Milk products and meat and meat on the same table or in the same refrigerator. Or, right, which is not even what it said. It's not what it said, but it wasn't even the intent behind so it. So it's like, it's like as humans, we can take something that God would say not to put together well, and like, make yeah. an extreme thing yeah. and make it even harder. Well, like, there's there's like, whole oh. there's whole groups of people about the whole blood transfusion thing mm-hmm. that because of one scripture in the Bible which doesn't really even say that, they've made a whole doctrine out of it and and they actually refuse blood transfusions. They won't let their children people have died mm-hmm. because they won't accept a blood transfusion because of this verse which doesn't even mean that. But but yeah. we do that. We we put all these things together, and then we Hum- make it into this. Humans can just this be, rule. Humans can just be weird and kind of just weird. <laughs> just <laughs> kind of like just weird. We try to make things even harder than they are, and it's it's kind of crazy. But one of, one of his points, though, um, Lyndon's points. Um, I grew up in a home, which my parents weren't as much this way, but my dad was raised in a very kind of legalistic, ultra-conservative home where, um, you know, dancing was a sin, drinking was a sin, having poker cards in your house was a gambling, sin. Gambling, yeah. And, I mean, it wasn't just gambling for money, but even playing with poker cards was a sin. Mm-hmm. And so I understand Lyndon's point here is I think sometimes in churches or in families, Christian families, you can get to be just as much legalistic under the law and think that you have to earn. I I knew this one really legalistic family. It was really sad. One day, um, this uncle was helping his brother-in-law cut wood, and the the kids were out there, and and the little girls started crying. And um, she just started crying, and she was having a really hard time cutting wood and and you know helping out because she's just a little thing and the uncle asked her what's wrong honey are you okay and she wasn't doing very good with her chores it was hard for her and she goes I just don't think I'm gonna get to go to heaven and she had been even though they were supposedly a Christian family somehow in her way of thinking Heaven was something that she earned by how hard she worked or how right. you by know, her actions by her actions and and the uncle was just crushed because it's like this poor little thing thinks that she has to earn her way to heaven and, right. and she doesn't understand that Jesus paid the price for her. He bought her a ticket. Right. She just has to receive the ticket. Right. <laughs> you know, and so anyway, um I think it's something that we can all examine in our lives and, and say, okay, 
do I have a real scriptural basis for doing this or not doing this? Or is this just some kind of law that, that, you know, legalistic kind of thing that people have put on me? Sure. Or that I've chosen. I still, you know, you, you live with me because the way I was raised, I have a hard time, you know, mm-hmm. with, with certain things. And where I might say, well, Jesus drank wine, so it's not wrong to drink wine. But I have a hard time. I, I have a hard time. The most wine I've ever had was at Episcopalian Church for, for communion. communion right. Because I get all guilty feeling if I think about having a glass of wine, even though I know the Bible doesn't doesn't say, say you, can. you can't have a glass Actually, of wine. One scripture says, have a little wine for the stomach's sake. Yeah. So, But, you know, when you're raised in a legalistic way, it's kind of hard to... to to get out of that to mode. get out of that right. so so i hope that today we explained a little bit more of why you might think that god is more harsh in the old testament versus the new testament i think i think one of the most great or or the greatest miracle in reading the bible is the transition between old and new mm-hmm. and that miracle is jesus and any way you cut it no matter how you look at it Jesus really did change everything. He changed mm-hmm. the whole game of, of life. It all changed. I mean, calendars changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, people changed. There was a whole new era that was ushered in with Christ. And it now is no longer us trying so hard to get right with God. God did, sacrificed his only son so that we could be right with him, mm-hmm. not through our actions. Yeah. But through his actions. Now that, my friends, is amazing. That's the best news of all. That is the good news. That is the gospel right yeah. there. And, and and that's what it all comes down to. So so I hope that that helped explain it a little bit. If you have any more questions, <laughs> you know, you're more than welcome not to email we, us. Not that we will be able to answer all of them. But nah, we don't know everything. <laughs> we can pray for you. <laughs> but we'll help you find answers if you yeah. if you have questions. But uh, I hope that answered or or at least explained a little bit about what we believe and and why we can you know why we can accept this God that that seemed to be so mean in the Old Testament when in when in reality if you look at it God never changes and he's he's amazing mm-hmm. and and he in fact if anything this whole plan was to redeem mankind. So that we could be close to him again. And that is really awesome. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that, email us if you have any questions. Amy at TakeHimWithYou.com or Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. You can visit our webpage at TakeHimWithYou.com. We would appreciate it if you have... uh, any funds that you would like to donate our way. We thank you so much. There was a few people that after we said that on the podcast last time, um, uh, sent a PayPal to us with some money, and that was very, very awesome. In fact, it helped us pay the bills. Yay. We actually we used it. We got some money in um, right before the bills were due, and, and we were able to pay the uh, electric bill and some insurance mm-hmm. bills and some other things. So that's very, very appreciated. Uh, we don't use it just for web hosting and stuff like that. We actually uh, would love to do this full time all the time and do more. Uh, but that doesn't happen unless we are supported by you. So if you mm-hmm. if you feel so inclined, just go to the donate button, click on it, it gets you to PayPal, and you can either do a one time gift or there's there's uh, there's little levels that you can do, so, and it'll take it right out every month for you automatically. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you can do that, that would be awesome. Okay, next week we're going to talk about baptism. Mm-hmm. Now, before you get all on, I don't want to listen. That's going to be boring. It actually will be very fascinating. What we're gonna what we're gonna show is why 
why God even brought up the whole concept of baptism. What is that all about? And you know, do you is it is it about infants? Is it is is it about adults? Is it about sprinkling? Is it about um, immer- you know, immersing people all the way, dunking them. Right. What What is it all about? <laughs> and what is what does a Christian mean, or what does a believer mean when they use the term baptism? It'll be very fascinating. Trust me. You'll have to jump on in. Get some donuts and get, dunk them. <laughs> get 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 a little. Get Come on in. The water is fine. Get a little yeah. wet. Okay. So there you go. All right. I hope everything's awesome. Um, why don't we pray and then we'll end. Okay. Father, I thank you for each and every person this week that's listening. This is such a crazy subject, God, because so many people have blamed you for this or that, or or others have said, well, he would ne- he would never do this or he'd never do that. But in fact, God, we have your Bible, and we do when we read it, we see all these different things, and we want to just thank you first off that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you, that in a world that where everything changes, you don't change. And in fact, God, we're very thankful for the fact that you sent your only son to die on the cross for us and to to take our place and to set the captives free and to, to raise again so that we might have eternal life and be hooked back up to you. That is a really cool thing of you for you to do for us. And we're so grateful. Help us, Lord, to understand more of you and understand the culture in which your word was written and also to... Um, to maybe get to know you better so that we would understand your character and your personality better than we do even right now. And again, we just want to thank you for everything that you've done for us. And and we give you our hearts and our lives and ask you to help us live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, that's it. Have a good uh, day, everybody. Don't forget, you're in the army now. <laughs> you're in the army. Yeah. This has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2011, all rights reserved. Only took me three times. You've been listening to the Take Him With You podcast. Spiritual Boot Camp Edition, Part 4. We hope you enjoyed it. Join us next week for Part 5 of Spiritual Boot Camp. Taking With You with Rick and Amy. It's one of the best podcasts around, and we'd like to think maybe we could be a close second. 
It can only be a close second if you come and listen to us while we talk about classic television and films from around the world. So, if you fancy listening to us waffle on, then please do join us. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com or go to our favourite place in the world for podcasts. Well, maybe not yours, it's mine because I can't quite figure out any of the others. And that's iTunes. Just type in Waffle On Podcast. We'd be honoured if you'd join us. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-fi entertainment news and commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek episode analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Have you ever wanted to share something with someone? Just because? Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about, well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce. And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, Well, you know what I mean. And we're the hosts of the Disneyland podcast, Tales from the Mouse House. And the Amazing Race podcast, Fast Forward. And I'm one of the co-hosts of the MASH 4077 podcast. And you'd think with all of these podcasts, we'd run out of things to share. But then you'd be wrong. In our new show, Just Because, we're going to share all the things that, well, just don't fit into any of our other podcasts. Yep, like videos of our puppy Kate as she plays with the water bottle. Mm -hmm. Maybe some episodes chatting about one of our favorite TV shows. Like Lost? Uh Uh-huh. Or maybe an audio play Al has written. And we'll even have episodes contributed by others have something to share but just don't want to start their own podcast you never know what you'll find on this show why just because visit us at because.podbean.com and in itunes hi russell are you like mommy are you doing a podcast Podcast. Podcast. Good boy. That is pretty much the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Podcast. Anomaly. Something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. An oddity. Peculiarity. Irregularity. Inconsistency. Incongruity. A rarity. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective on all things geek. Star Trek. Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Buffy. Firefly. Gaming. Books. 
costuming, and general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining Anomaly Podcast. AnomalyPodcast.com This is Jeff from Champ Podcast. After you finish listening to this excellent podcast, I invite you to come listen to ours. My co-host Jason and myself cover open wheel auto racing, focusing on Formula One and IndyCar. Each podcast we review the races, we talk about drivers and teams, and all the news and rumors as well. So come give us a go. We can be found at www.champpodcast.com, that's with one P, or in iTunes, search Champ Podcast. Champ Podcast, the world's fastest podcast. I just know Jesus is the way. I just know Jesus is the truth. I just know Jesus is the life. I just know Jesus is my God.
you can find more of Disciple's music by going to iTunes and typing in Disciple. They rock, don't they? <laughs>